Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. All of our podcasts are available in those locations. Well, surely you've heard people talk about the kingdom of God, but unfortunately religions often talk about the kingdom of God, yet are confused about it. So they they mention it or they, they talk about it, and because they're confused about it and they don't teach it in the right way, the people that listen to those messages or hear some of it, they get confused as to what that is. They get confused. And now the only way to really know the truth about the kingdom of God is to look into what the Bible teaches. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look and see some of what the Bible teaches about the kingdom of God. It's a a deep subject, and there's a lot that can be looked at with it, and we'll touch on some of it today. Now, Christ preached a message about the kingdom of God, and you can notice this in Mark 1. And if you have a Bible handy, please get it out. We could look at some of these passages together and see what the Bible says. Mark 1, verse 14, and then verse 15. It says, Now after that John was put in prison... Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, there can be some confusion sometimes also about what the gospel is. What's the gospel message? Well, right here it's clear. Christ preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. Verse 15, in saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent you and believe the gospel. So when people think about the kingdom of God, it can begin to get a little fuzzy in their minds as to what exactly that is. What was Christ talking about? This supremely important message. This is the gospel message. It's the good news of the coming kingdom of God. Notice this quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is a free Bible course, and you can sign up for it at thetrumpet.com. It says, God's kingdom will be a literal government ruling over the nations of earth. So note that. It's a, a literal government ruling over the nations of earth. It's not just a, a nice feeling or a thought or an idea in somebody's mind or heart, as they would say. This is a literal government. God's kingdom will be a literal government ruling over the nations of the earth. Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the great image as recorded in Daniel 2, makes that clear. So if you go back and you study Daniel 2, there's this dream and there's this great image, and then there's the interpretation of that dream given. Well, that image represents man's governments. Man's governments. And then ultimately it ends with the government of God taking over. Now we understand those governments of men ruled this earth and still do. I mean, we understand that. You know, if I say the government of China or the government of Russia or, you know, pick a nation, 
you know full well what that means. That's not a feeling in your heart or mind or something. It is a literal government that rules. God's kingdom will be a literal government ruling over the nations of the earth. And it's going to rule over the earth and ultimately out in the whole universe as well. But it rules on earth. Notice Revelation 11 here. Here's a picture, a prophecy of things changing, of the governments changing. Revelation 11 and verse 15, it says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So that change is coming when Christ returns. The kingdoms of this world, you understand what that means, in all the kingdoms, you can look out and pick all the kingdoms in this world. They will become the kingdoms of God. God will rule them. Christ will rule them. And then Christ shall reign forever and ever. The kingdom of God is a literal government ruling over the nations of the earth. And Christ will rule. Here is something that Mr. Armstrong wrote in Mystery of the Ages. And this book is free at thetrumpet.com as well. And uh, again, there's a lot to study about this particular topic of the kingdom of God. So we're just hitting some of the highlights today, and it'd be good to go back and study this. But in Mystery of the Ages, Mr. Armstrong writes, This is the kingdom of God. It is the end of present governments. Yes, even the end of the United States and British nations. They then shall become the kingdoms, the governments, of the Lord Jesus Christ, then King of Kings over the entire earth. He says this makes completely plain the fact that the kingdom of God is a literal government. Even as the Chaldean Empire was a kingdom, even as the Roman Empire was a kingdom, so the kingdom of God is a government. It is to take over the government of the nations of the world. And Jesus Christ was born to be a king, a ruler. Now, of course, Christ didn't take over rule when he came to this earth the first time as a human. He didn't take over rule at that time, but he will when he returns the second time. He will take over the rule of this earth. God's kingdom is a literal kingdom that will rule this earth, that will rule the, the nations and the people, and, of course, ultimately the whole universe. And that's wonderful because we see so many problems on earth and we have throughout man's history, wars and violence and fighting and just terrible things that has to be stopped. Well, it can't be stopped until Christ returns and sets up the kingdom of God. And that kingdom has to rule over the peoples of this earth. And of course, Satan has to be put away as well. And there's a whole plan there that the holy days show every year, in particular the fall holy days. But this is a literal government. This is a literal kingdom. And it's something that you and I can be part of. We can be part of it. We can be born into it. And that is the gospel message that Christ taught, that excitement of the, the good news of the soon-coming kingdom and family of God. It's a family as well that rules. Now Christ taught 
a Pharisee about this, and we'll look at this in John 3. John 3. Notice uh, this quote, though, before we get there. This is from the Correspondence Course again. It says, But the kingdom of God is more than just the government of God. See, there's more to it than just the government. It is also the family of God, into which humans may be born as spirit members. As a governing or ruling family, it will exercise jurisdiction over all nations on earth and ultimately over the entire universe. You see, it's a family that we can all be part of, that we can be born into as spirit beings, as God beings. And Christ, again, he taught this, and yet people don't really look at it too often. They'll talk about maybe the person of Christ or something like that, but but what about this message here? He was pretty specific. And again, here in John 3, he was teaching this Pharisee named Nicodemus about the kingdom of God. John 3, verses 3 through 5, says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can't see it. Now Nicodemus here, as we'll see, he understood what Christ was saying because he had a very good question. He said, verse 4, Nicodemus said unto him, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? It's quite the image, <laughs> right? But it's a good question. He's like, well, I, you know, he understood what it meant to be born. He was born once, physically, and then Christ said he has to be born again. And he said, well, how can, you, how can that happen? So he understood that this was a birth, a real birth that Christ was talking about. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Christ here is teaching Nicodemus about the family aspect of the kingdom of God. It is a family that man can be born into. And that means literally being born of God's Spirit into the very God family. You know, we're still physical today but we have to be born of spirit. We have to be completely spirit to be in the kingdom of God, to be in it. And we are physical today, but we will be changed into spirit. We will be changed. And ultimately, God's goal for his people, his church, is to marry Christ. Marry Christ. And then there's the family that grows and continues Ephesians 5 talks about that. God wants us to understand the family kingdom of God. So he created a physical family so that we could live in it and that we could understand the roles. Well, what's a father? What's a mother? What are children? What's a husband? What's a wife? How do we know what those things are? Well, sadly today, a lot of people don't. They don't really know what that is because it's been so twisted. Now, when you understand God's plan for mankind, and you understand that God is building this family kingdom, you can see why Satan attacks it so much. Notice Ephesians 5, and verses 31 through 32. It says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and he shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So it's talking about a marriage here. 
Verse 32, this is a great mystery, Paul says, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Christ and the church are going to be married. Now, if you read earlier here in Ephesians 5, you'll see how God defines the roles in the family. He defines the roles and how each role is to function, how each person is to function within the the family and the role that they have. And that teaches us about the God family. But today, biblical family, some will call it traditional family, is being attacked. It's being attacked. I mean, even this last uh, weekend, I had to run some errands in town with my family, and we had to stop by a shopping center. And, you know, there's a lot of pairings of people and all sorts of ideas that you see on display seeing a family that's actually operating on some level at least according to God's system God's structure what God created what's laid out here in Ephesians 5 and other places to see that is a rarity it stands out when you see it it's unusual to see that today because of how twisted thinking has become about family when we understand God's family when we understand God's kingdom what God's doing We know why family is being attacked today so much. God created physical family to teach us about the God family. We can't understand the kingdom of God. We can't understand the family of God if we don't understand physical family and how that works. The correspondence course says this, The coming government of God on earth will be administered by the ruling family of God. When Jesus came preaching about the kingdom of God, he was talking about the family of God and how humans, through him, may be born into it. That government of God on earth is going to be administered by this ruling family of God. I mean, those are positions that the people God is working with today that they're qualifying for, that they're working towards to help help be in that family and, and rule from it and to work together in it. Further on, it says, God created the human family to be a physical type of his own family, and therefore he instructs human families to have government from the top down, just as his divine family does. God's family has a ruling structure with various responsibilities to be fulfilled by spirit-born children of God, all organized into a world-ruling government. You see, God has organization. He has order. He has structure. He has this family he's building, everyone working together in harmony. And, and that's very different than what we see in this world today where there's fighting, there's clashing all of the time. Well, God's going to solve those problems. He's building a family, a kingdom that will do that. In Mystery of the Ages, again, Mr. Armstrong wrote, Remember, God is the supreme one who is love, who gives, who rules without going concern for the ruled. You see, it's different than the way man's governments rule, where they take advantage and they oppress the people they rule. Here, God rules without going concern for the ruled. And it says he will rule for the highest good of the people, the most able, the most righteous, Those best fitted for office will be placed in all offices of responsibility and power. 
There will then be two kinds of beings on earth, humans, being ruled by those made divine. And some resurrected saints will rule over ten cities and some over five. And he gives the example there in Luke 19, verses 17 through 19. See, we have these opportunities ahead of us to rule. And we're learning about that and learning about how to rule in the kingdom of God by having an opportunity to be in a family today, a physical family. So how well we rule today in whatever way we are given shows God how much he can give us in the future, in that kingdom, in the kingdom of God that we'll be born into. And every godly ruler submits to the ruler above him, his government from the top down. Notice Luke 19. Let's look at one last passage here in Luke 19 and verse 17. This uh, makes the point there that Mr. Armstrong was referencing. Christ here talking about how it will be in the kingdom of God. And he said unto him, Well, you good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little, you know, in other words, whatever little we were given in this life, and by comparison, it's, it's little, but we were faithful in it. If we're faithful in it, he says, you uh, have you authority over ten cities. So this particular person that he's talking about or situation, you know, they they really were faithful in what they were given, and so they can have authority over ten cities. They can rule over ten cities in the kingdom of God. That's what we're preparing for today, all the corrupt rulers that we do see and the the corrupt uh, style of leadership. That's going to be stopped when the kingdom of God is established, when Christ returns to rule. The Correspondence Course says, What many do not realize is that in the resurrection to eternal life, we shall be composed entirely of spirit. See, we're not going to be humans anymore. We'll be spirit. We'll be God. It says, We shall never become tired or weary. We shall never suffer ill health. We shall be strong and vigorous and find our greatest pleasure in creative work well accomplished. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? No more being tired. No more not feeling well. It says, we shall be constantly looking back on happy accomplishments and anticipating even more pleasurable accomplishments ahead. It will be one continuous pleasure after another for all eternity. That's the kingdom of God. That's not a fantasy or a fairy tale. That's the kingdom of God that's coming, that we're preparing for today through family and through ruling what we have today. Finally, it says, responsibility means opportunity for that which leads to greater happiness and joys than any other possible existence. The greater one's reward earned during this life is simply the greater gift of pleasurable and even thrilling life which shall continue forever. See, God does reward us according to our works. So we need to be preparing every day that we have on this earth, preparing for our positions in that wonderful kingdom of God. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. You can get the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course lessons. You can sign up for that free at thetrumpet.com and also Mystery of the Ages. That's available free at thetrumpet.com as well. I'm Dwight Falk. Thanks for spending some time with me. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.
You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.